Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Saquon Barkley is the latest casualty of the NFL devaluing the running back position. Where will his standoff with the Giants end? And speaking of standoffs, James Harden still wants out of Philly, but the Sixers want a true superstar package, so who blinks first? And why the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers at the perfect time. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. On franchise tag deadline day, teams and players play an extended game of deal or no deal. In this case, the Giants and Saquon Barkley decided on no deal, which means if Saquon is going to play this year, it will have to be on the $10.1 million franchise tag. But that is up for debate, too, as there are whispers that Saquon could hold out, that he could sit out to prove a point in these negotiations. Patricia Trainer from Locked on Giants joins me now. And Patricia, to that end, uh, this is a, a, a difficult process right now to work through with a star running back, given the, the market for star running backs. What do you think the chances are we see Saquon week one for the Giants? I think we'll see Saquon. Whether or not we'll see him for a full workload is another story. But I think what will happen is he will skip most, if not all, of training camp, show up maybe a couple days before the season. I mean, look, on the franchise tag, Saquon can still earn over 545000 per week. I don't see him leaving that on the table, especially – knowing that, you know, an injury could happen, which totally sends your earning powers down the tubes. So I don't think Saquon would be that foolish to leave that kind of money on the table. But training camp, for sure, I, I'd be shocked if he reports on the 25th with the rest of his teammates. Yeah, and and we have to remember, too, the, the, the hold out versus hold in thing. He may be there, but not practicing. All of those caveats will apply. But he will not be risking his livelihood by practicing with the Giants in camp or playing in preseason games. So where do you think a reasonable middle ground is here? Understanding that they cannot now negotiate on a deal until next year. Is there a deal to be had here between these two sides? Because it seems like Saquon wants more than the Giants. Well, clearly Saquon wants more than the Giants are willing to offer. Yeah, I mean, as far as the money goes, that's it. I mean, 10.1 million it is. But what they can talk about is maybe putting a clause in this contract that says, hey, we, the Giants, will not franchise you, Saquon, again next year. Maybe that's the middle ground they look to, you know, they look to reach. Maybe that's the, the remaining leverage that Saquon has left. So, you know, because remember, the Giants can tag him again next year if they want to, but they're also going to have other guys that they're going to have to worry about to get under contract. And, you know, I'm sure they would just assume not have to do that, but here we are, and, and that's certainly a possibility. Given the relative costs, and you and I talked on this show, you talked at length on your show about the Daniel Jones deal. Given what we know now, and given that there is now no contract between the Giants and Saquon Barkley, what is your reaction to the way that the Giants handled the Daniel Jones-Saquon double uh, contract situation, the, the mega deal for Daniel Jones, and now we're sitting here going, what's the deal with Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I mean, based on what I know, Peter, I mean, I think the Giants were transparent with Daniel. They were transparent with Dexter Lawrence. I think they were transparent with Saquon. You know, there were a couple of offers that were put on the table for Saquon that his side rejected for whatever the reason. 
um, offers that, you know, if you look at how they stacked up as compared to Saquon's peers, weren't that bad. Now, you know, was the guaranteed money off? Was the structure off? That we don't know. And that's that's really a big part of the, the puzzle that's missing. But that being said, you know, at some point you have to question whether Saquon's side totally misjudged the running back market. And, you know, appearances are that they did. So Saquon, you know, he added that second agent from CAA to work hand in hand with um, his original agent from Rock Nation. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, they just couldn't come to terms with the Giants on something that they felt was fair. Yeah, all the agent power in the world is not going to move the markets on running backs. And in an offseason where Aaron Jones has to take a pay cut, Joe Mixon has to take a pay cut, Dalvin Cook just gets flat out cut. And now we're wondering, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, these star running backs, they're just not seeing the money out there for their services. And that's another reason why, by the way, he's not going to sit out because he's not going to make the franchise tag money back on his next deal like Le'Veon Bell thought he would. And by the way, he didn't either. Patricia, thanks for your time. Mm-hmm. Stay up to date all year on the New York Giants by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Giants on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Sixers want a superstar deal for James Harden, but who will give them what they're looking for? Before we get to that, another star running back will be playing on the tag. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and then get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who you think is going to hit the first home run. How about some World Series futures? The Atlanta Braves remain the World Series favorite at plus 330, but keep an eye on the defending champion Astros, plus 950. To repeat, of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. If ever there was a perfect encapsulation of how little the NFL now values running backs, take Josh Jacobs. He led the league in rushing last season and now will have to play on the franchise tag as he and the Las Vegas Raiders were not able to reach an agreement on a long-term deal. If guys like Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard, all high-end starting running backs, aren't getting top-of-market deals, who is? What does that market even look like? A slew of tweets from NFL running backs, including Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler, reflect the simmering discontent among running backs around the league. Unfortunately for them, this is a new financial reality of the running back position. Shohei Otani is such a big star, his blister can make headlines. Major League Baseball's billion-dollar two-way man is on track to make his next start on Friday, according to LA Angels manager Phil Nevin. Otani gave up 10 runs in 10 innings over his last two starts, well below the standard we've come to expect from Otani, who still has a 3.5 ERA despite those recent struggles, which is why we're talking about the blister in the first place. 
Otani might be the most incredible human being playing baseball in the last 50 years, but he is, in fact, still a human, we think. Oh, and the Angels played a game against one of the teams expected to make a play for the aforementioned Otani should he become available, with both teams in desperate need of a win. Every game matters from here on out, and the Angels got a game on Monday night against the New York Yankees. Hey, everybody, it's Mike Frisch, one half of Locked on Angels. Angels win 4-3, to three, and this game was not good for the heart or for the anxiety. They were down 3-1 to one in the seventh inning, and Shohei Otani hits a two-run home run, flips his bat. It was, it was like this. It was awesome. And... It was a moment that we will always remember, just kind of seared in our minds. And he tied the game at three, and then the Yankees and the Angels battled in the eighth inning, in the ninth inning, and then finally in the tenth inning, Michael Stefanik hits a game-winning RBI single. Chad Wallach scores. He was at second base to start the inning, and the Angels once again get a victory, four to three. Something happened in this game that I loved with Griffin Canning, and we're going to talk about that on Locked on Angels. I hope you'll join us. Chris Taylor hit a grand slam to lift the Dodgers over the Orioles as both teams battle in extremely crowded divisions across leagues. Unfortunately, all good winning streaks must end, and that is what happened to the Orioles on Monday night as they fall 6-4 to the Los Angeles Dodgers, ending their winning streak at eight games. Now, the Orioles did have a chance to win this game, led 4-1 in the sixth. Grayson Rodriguez returning to the mound, calling back up to the big leagues and Honestly, he looked a lot better. Now, he came out in the sixth, couldn't get anybody out, allowed three base runners and came out of the game. That'll be kind of the next step for him. But the O's had a chance. I mean, Brian Baker had a chance to get out of that sixth inning, just couldn't make that final pitch on 0-2. It allows a grand slam to Chris Taylor. That ended up being the difference in the game as the O's lose to the Dodgers. But again, it wasn't all bad. Rodriguez looked better. O's had some early offense. And despite the winning streak ending, Still feel like this is a pretty great baseball team, and I'll recap it all coming up on Tuesday's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. It was a tie game in the eighth inning between two teams battling it out for a playoff spot in the National League. And then the rain hit. The Cincinnati Reds and the San Francisco Giants get thunderstruck on Monday night. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Locked On Reds podcast. In severe weather interrupted a relatively good baseball game. Both Logan Webb and Brandon Williamson pitched fantastically. Logan Webb was still going before play was suspended there in the top of the eighth inning as the score was there 2-2. Two to two. There was two solo homers for the Giants, two solo homers for the Reds, and that was your scoring. Not a lot of hitting in this one. The Reds lineup continues to sort of sleepwalk through the last week or so. I mean, their last game before the All-Star break and these first couple after the All-Star break have not seen a whole lot of consistent hitting, but Jonathan India seemingly breaking out of his slump. Lots to talk about where he is concerned, but we won't know the outcome of this game until tomorrow evening as the Reds and Giants resume at 5.40 p.m. on Tuesday night. Here is another story you need to know. Lost in the disgruntled superstar trade talk spotlight that is shining so brightly on Damian Lillard is James Harden reportedly does not want to be in Philadelphia anymore. You know who didn't forget? Maybe Joel Embiid after some comments about winning a championship, wanting to win a championship in Philly or maybe somewhere else. Keith Pompey from Locked On Sixers joins me now. And Keith, we talked about this when the, the trade demand was publicized 
that James Harden wants out. So let's start there. Where do we stand right now with James Harden in Philly? You know, it's it's one of those things where it's not surprising, but James still still wants out, and the Sixers still want a lot for James. And and I feel like this is going to be something that's going to continue on throughout the summer, if not into the season. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and, you know, James, you know, feels a little disrespected. You know, his relationship with Daryl Morey isn't, they're not as close as they used to be. He's a little upset. His teammates are trying to convince him, like, hey, come back, you know, do this, do that. We can make it work for this one year. But he wants out. And the thing is, the thing with the Sixers is, you know, they're not going to trade him unless they can get something where they deem for equal value. Right now, the 76ers are the third best team in the East on paper, and they want to stay the third best team in the East on paper after they make a move. So they're in a tough situation right now because of James's stock is dropping. But at the same time, you know, they look at it as we can't afford to trade him for a bunch of role players. Yeah, and the, the reporting right now is that Daryl Morey still wants a superstar-level package in any James Harden trade. The question is, is it out there? And and James Harden has apparently expressed an interest in going to L.A. If you're the Clippers, you you have to be doing the same thing Miami's doing, saying, yeah, sure, here's the, the stuff we're willing to trade you because your guy only wants to come to us. And I don't know, look around. Who else is coming, banging down the door for James Harden? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean... You know, you know, in the beginning we heard like the 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 Knicks, but then there were certain people, you know, saying, Oh, that's not a hundred percent. I don't believe that. I don't think maybe they could have some interest, but they don't. So it's it's kinda like a, a, a one team race, so to speak. I mean, because you look at James and you think about it, you know, here's a he's a guy who's in his mid thirties. He's a guy who's making over thirty million dollars. And he's on the final year of his contract. So how much are you going to give up for the three of those things? Like, A, is a lot that you got to give back for him. Secondly, you know, he's he's older. And thirdly, he could just say, see you at the end of the season. So, you know, his value is tough. And it's tough for the 76ers to get something like that. Not only that, you know, you think about it. You know, the Clippers want him to add him to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They don't want to trade him for a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard. So that's where the tough thing is. And it, it seems like part of this, if you're Daryl Morey, is going, one of the reasons why we can't trade James Harden for parts is because we have to sell that to Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid, he is... Everything to the Philadelphia 76ers seems like genuinely he wants to win a title in Philly. He is the one constant throughout the, the start. And then I guess you could call it the finish of the process. And so how do you see that piece factoring into how this, this all goes with the trade negotiations? Is that embolden Daryl Morey to hold out for the better package? Is there going to be a point where you have to, you have to say, okay, we've got to, you know what, or get off the pot because we've got to get stuff now to try and compete with Joel Embiid. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, you look at Joel Embiid and you look at his, you know, great player, MVP, but you look at his in in injury history. Sure. So it's one of those things where his body might be a little bit older than what it actually is in his age, right? 20-something, late 2029. 20, so the thing is, you're right. 
Joel Embiid is sitting back watching. And and when Joel Embiid came back and said, you know what, I love to win it here or anywhere else, right? I mean, that was a message to the front office. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia 76ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Sixers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, some fans insist the Packers waited too long to trade Aaron Rodgers and could have gotten more. I'll tell you why they're wrong. If the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers after the 2021 season, after, yes, another MVP performance, but also another inglorious playoff exit, Green Bay GM Brian Gutekinds could have asked far more than he eventually got for the four-time MVP. But as I explained recently on Locked on Packers, now is actually the optimal time to trade him despite getting less in return. What would you, what would you be willing to spend in terms of draft capital and contracts right now to assure the Packers were as good in 2023 as they were in 2021. It was worth it to make one more run with Devontae Adams and those guys. Absolutely worth it. Like if you think you could have gotten the Russell Wilson package, maybe more, you could have gotten three first round picks and a second and stuff and players. Okay, I understand that. What is what is the Delta worth to you? I would, I would give up those picks to be a Super Bowl contender. So if you flip it around and say, you went on one more run in 2021 at the cost of those picks, I go, okay, cool. Now then it starts to get interesting. Would you have traded him after 2021? They fall short again. They have to trade Devontae Adams. They know that that situation is falling apart, but I understand they're, they're between a rock and a hard place because you've got the back-to-back league MVP. You've got a receiver that kind of... And if you... If you even show any hint that you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is like, I'm out. And you still think that's salvageable right until the end. So I do think there is a bit of a miscalculation there, but also the defense was awesome at the end of 2021. You get your guys back for Sean Gary, Jair Alexander back. Like they were really, really good at the end of that season. I think it was logical. Devontae Campbell was an all pro. Logical and reasonable that with the draft capital you were going to get from the Devontae Adams trade that you could turn that into real stuff and you could go and compete and you give Aaron Rodgers the security that he's asking for and he is going to buy, you know, continue to be bought in. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Now, that was a mistake that they made. But I think it is a forgivable one. To say, look, we got the best quarterback in the league. Let's, let's make a run at this. Let's try and do what the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady or the Rams did with Matthew Stafford in this way, rather than you plop in the new quarterback, you plop in a new group of receivers and bet that your quarterback can elevate those guys. He didn't put in the work and hasn't been putting in the work that he has been in, in New York. And so it led to the point where the Packers say, okay, this is the appropriate time for us to move on. We're going to trade a guy we want to trade. And finally, Blake Martinez made a nice living taking on pulling guards and blowing up running backs. The former Packers and Giants linebacker now makes his money hunting Pokemon. No, seriously. He traded being an NFL linebacker for Charizard. And it worked. 
Martinez has reportedly earned over $11 million just this year in his Pokemon car business. And he sounds pretty content telling CNBC every single day when I wake up, my shoulder doesn't hurt and my back doesn't hurt anymore. When all that hurts are my fingers from opening like a thousand packs of cards per day, I think I'm going to keep doing this. That's honestly how I feel about being a podcast host too. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who has the most on the line as we head into the second half of the Major League Baseball season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.